Friday. Welcome to the show. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here, 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. And I did not get an answer last night uh, when I asked Bo Thompson when he actually sleeps. I'm still not clear. I don't even think he does. At, at, at one point last night, he said that he there was one time, I think he said it was after the election. It was election night or something, and he did all the coverage here on election night, and he slept for like 45 minutes in his car, I think he said. And then he came on and, and did the show or something. Like, see, so I'm not convinced that he actually requires sleep at all. That was the big lesson I learned last night during the Talktoberfest event on the Facebook. Thanks to everybody who joined. I appreciate it. It was fun. Uh, there's another one. It will be with uh, uh, Mark Garrison and Brett Jensen. They'll be doing it on Thursday. Thursday, Thursday. Next Thursday. It's on Facebook. And I'm going to try to uh, get in there as well. So maybe uh, mix it up in the comments section. See if I can get one of my comments blown up as a Chiron underneath. We'll see. Got to have goals. It's in, in life, you got to have goals. It's really something to live by. Like I have a five-year plan, you know, just like all good communist nations. You want to have a five-year plan, your five-year goal. Where do you want to be in five years? Because how do you know if you, you know, get there? How do you even know where you're going if you don't, you know, pick a destination? And I mean that seriously. You got to have goals. And uh, putting something on paper for a five-year plan is the best piece of advice I ever got. And I highly recommend it for everybody else. Where do you want to be in five years? Think about it, write it down, and then you have direction. And here's the thing. Most times when you write it down like that, you will, um, you'll get there before five years. It's true. It's true. Uh, all righty. So um, if you were planning this weekend to go hang out with North Carolina State Senator Natasha Marcus, um, you're going to have to do it outside of, a diff- outside of the event that was planned because it got canceled. Canceled. Yeah, uh, like a Ben Shapiro speech on campus. Canceled. Uh, this was set for Davidson this weekend. And uh, she said that uh, she did so due to safety concerns. She's very afraid. Uh, which is weird because I thought it was only, I thought it was only school boards that were having to deal with this kind of thing. She said it was safety concerns that did it. And, yeah, all right. So the um, <laughs> the story that the uh, Charlotte Observer did on this got updated, which is, I always love when they put the updates in there and then they have like material information that alters the original story. So she said it was because of a threat that came from a person who she identified as um, the local Proud Boys Club. Do you know what the Proud Boys are? Don't worry. The Observer has a helpful descriptor for you of what the Proud Boys are. We'll get to that. Um, But they had to update the story. And here's what it says. This story was updated Wednesday night after the Observer learned two candidates were intending to pull out of the event prior to it being canceled by the organizer. (laughs) So Natasha Marcus, state senator, Democrat, she was going to appear at some event in Davidson. There were two other candidates and they, they pulled out of the event and then she canceled it. Now she said that she canceled it because the proud boys threatened her. And that's what the original story was. But now it turns out, I guess that these other candidates were like, no, we're leaving the event. We're out. 
and had nothing to do with whatever this proud boy angle of the story is. That's not, that is not why we're out. So what happened? Well, according to the story, it's all I can go by because I have not spoken with Natasha Marcus about any of this, nor do I really care to. It doesn't matter. It was an event for her. I guess they were going to raise some money or something. It was a yay, vote for us kind of thing. Um, and she was going to appear with some members um, or some candidates, rather, for the, I guess, Davidson town board. And um, these two other people bailed because of her, actually, because of her. They bailed. Now, I don't know if she canceled because of the threat. That's what she said. So we give her the benefit of the doubt. But, you know, it might also be just a wee bit embarrassing to promote this event and then have these two candidates bail on you because of what you said. And so it, you know, it is possible. Just spitballing here. Just want to keep open some opportunities, try to see the different angles here that, you know, just contemplate for a moment. Let's pretend she was a Republican. Do you think there might be, I don't know, some speculation about whether or not uh, they bailed because of her and that she is now making up the thing about the threat as a way to save face? Just entertain the idea. I'm not alleging that to be so because I do not know it to be so. However, if you're covering politics, you should be able to, you know, think of things in a political way. You should be able to, I'm not saying adopt them, I'm not saying believe them, I'm just saying you should be able to, you know, see a political angle for why somebody might do something when you are covering politics, which, by the way, I notice this a lot. I um, I read a lot of the political reporters, and a lot of them seem completely unable to divine or decipher any kind of political or partisan motivation. Well, okay. Any political or partisan motivation when it comes to, you know, Democrats, they they are totally in the know and can completely understand all the partisan and political angles. If a Republican is doing something, they are, you know, they are, you know, quick to point out all of the different reasons why a Republican might act a certain way for a partisan advantage. But with Democrats, it's like, gosh, I don't know why this happened. I'm going to go into some of the details here. Pete Callender here, 704-570-1110-1800-WBT-1110. Since first reporting on Wednesday afternoon that a, uh, a political event got canceled in Davidson this weekend because State Senator Natasha Marcus said that uh, there was over safety concerns after a constituent emailed her that he and 18 members of the local Proud Boys Club were going to show up at the event. So she canceled it. Since first reporting that on Wednesday afternoon, the Charlotte Observer has now learned that the two candidates headlining the event were already backing out. They were upset over Marcus's anti-Trump comments in promoting the meet and greet. Marcus blamed an email written by Don D'Imperio of Mooresville that said, quote, look forward to seeing and listening to the many lies that continue to be spilled from the Democratic Party. See you soon. So he responded. So I guess the email goes out, by the way, it's, I do not recommend this, but if you are a masochist, you can uh, sign up for some of these email lists and, well, actually just sign up for one and then they sell your name to everybody else, and you'll start getting, I mean, I still get 
emails about once a week from the Iowa Republican Party. I've never been to Iowa. I don't think I've ever talked to a person from Iowa. I, I'm just on the list. So, and I try to unsubscribe to various lists, but you know, whatever. So you, you, you get a lot of these emails and I suspect that this person, Don Dimperio, he, uh, of Mooresville, he apparently signed up for this email list and he replied, look forward to, so they were obviously promoting cause he's in Mooresville. So he's not in Davidson. So they're promoting a, a an event and they send out this mass email and he responds, look forward to seeing and listening to the many lies that continue to be spilled from the Democratic Party. See you soon. I feel like it warrants this. Right. Don Dimperio. He does have a name that kind of, like, it does sound like, I'm Don Dimperio. But then again, like anybody whose first name is Don, kind of sounds like they could be, you know, a Don, right? Like, that's the, you're Don Kaliner. Right. Anyway. Um, look forward to seeing and listening to the many lies. See you soon. So that's a threat to Natasha Marcus. This was the threat that prompted her to cancel the Davidson event that had already seen the two headlining acts bow out because of what she said. The event was planned on behalf of Tracy Madison, Brandon and Ryan Faye, two commissioners uh, who are running for David's or uh, sorry, two commissioners candidates running for Davidson's town board. Um, Marcus announced the campaign event Monday morning by Tuesday afternoon. It was canceled. The two candidates for whom the event was planned said they would back out of the event before Marcus's decision to cancel. Brandon and Faye told other candidates they did not like the strong anti-Trump political rhetoric that was used in promoting the event. You see, Davidson's town elections are nonpartisan. So, yeah, if you're running, I'm like, it's Davidson, though, so it's not exactly a hotbed of right-wingery, you know, but if it's nonpartisan and you're trying to get some conservative votes, why would you do that? Well, because they're state Democrats, right? Democrat going to Democrat, they, they can't help themselves. So, Faye wrote on his campaign website Monday, quote, due to some content of the email that got sent out without my prior approval or knowledge, I cannot in good faith say I am running to represent all Davidson residents and still attend this event. Now, Senator Marcus maintains that she did not know that the candidates were planning not to attend, that they had pulled out. She did not know that when she canceled it. She's so she's sticking with this story that it's over the threats. Okay. During an interview, she emphasized that her words about former President Donald Trump were hers alone and not the candidates. And for folks who don't know what the Proud Boys are, um, here is how they are described by the Charlotte Observer. Quote, the Proud Boys are a right-wing extremist group known for street brawls and other violence. At least one member from North Carolina... Charles Donahoe of Kernersville was charged in connection with the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. Now, I don't have any problems specifically with the observer choosing to describe the Proud Boys like this. I'm not a defender of the Proud Boys. Just want to be clear. I 
Make this very clear for anybody so as to not be misunderstood. I am not a defender of the Proud Boys. My only uh, interest in highlighting this description as a right-wing extremist group known for street brawls and other violence. Street brawls and other violence. Who are the Proud Boys fighting with in those street brawls? Anybody care to take a guess at that one? Do we know? Do they just walk the streets and just beat up people? Is this what they're doing? No. No, no, no. They're engaging in street violence against Antifa. Yeah, yeah. Could you even have the Proud Boys without Antifa? I'm not sure. I don't think you could. I think the Proud Boys were a response to the lack of policing that Democrats have chosen when presented with the threat of Antifa during the Black Lives Matter movement and Antifa specifically, and particularly out West, right? That's where we saw the Proud Boys sort of gain in numbers, grow in strength, and do battle with Antifa at these protests because no one else was doing it. No one else was trying to act as some sort of a defensive army against this offensive army that was burning and looting and attacking people and the like. So I point this out simply to ask the question, how do you define Antifa next time in the Charlotte Observer? I'll be watching. I'll be paying attention because I'm going to go out on a limb and say that they are not listed as a left-wing extremist group known for street brawls and other violence. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. The Proud Boys are a right-wing extremist group known for street brawls and other violence. Against whom, we don't know. The Charlotte Observer does not tell us. They don't give us any other information about why the Proud Boys would just be walking the streets, beating up on people, committing random violence. Anybody who actually knows anything about the Proud Boys, though, they know that the Proud Boys go and fight leftists. That's what they do. They seem to enjoy it. From the videos I've seen, they seem to enjoy this. Um, And look, it seems like a lot of the leftists are down for this kind of activity, too. It's like everybody shows up. They're all dressed in their skateboarding gear. It looks like skateboarding gear, body armor and the like. They got helmets and stuff. And then they all uh, shoot paintballs at each other and they throw uh, uh, tear gas at each other. And then they, they beat each other up and stuff. Uh, and uh, and then everybody, like, uh, runs back to their corners, uh, their street corners. So it seems like, I don't know, they are all willing participants in this kind of mutual activity. Now, the fella who wrote the email to the state senator, fellow by the name of Don Dimperio of Mooresville, um, he said in an email to the Charlotte Observer that his note was, quote, Nothing more than a joke. Again, his note said, quote, look forward to seeing and listening to the many lies that continue to be spilled from the Democratic Party. See you soon. And the email that went out was, hey, we're having an event. Hope to see you there or whatever. And this was the reply back. And that's what prompted State Senator Natasha Marcus to cancel the event, she said, because this was a threat. This was a threat. Uh, I, I'm not so sure that's a threat. I don't agree. And frankly, I'm kind of tired 
of people who do not have a rational or realistic assessment of risk or threats to be the ones making the determination for all of us. I'm just, after the last year and a half, I'm kind of done with it, you know? I'm kind of done listening to people who are terrified of everything dictate for the rest of us whether we should be terrified or not and how we need to now go about living our lives. So it's just a bit of a side note there. Um, Marcus announced the cancellation in an email to supporters, and she said, that's a pretty clear threat of violence. That's what the Proud Boys are known for, political violence and intimidation. Now, the Observer says they could not independently verify whether Don D'Imperio has any affiliation with the Proud Boys. Now, he did send this message, this email to the paper saying there's nothing more than a joke, but he did not respond to a question about whether he is a member uh, of the Proud Boys. And uh, the Observer could not, I guess, uh, verify via Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, uh, or uh, Parler, or Gab, um, whether he was a member of the Proud Boys or not. Because I'm assuming that's... I mean, because otherwise, like, is there a directory that you would go to to look up the Proud Boys? Uh, No, of course not. So... Marcus added that the event was scheduled to take place in a historically black part of town and that she was concerned about the possibility of racially motivated violence. Um, Again, the Proud Boys seem to focus on whipping up on the Antifa people. And Antifa, I'm I'm not sure Senator Marcus is completely aware of this, but Antifa, they're like these uh, noodle-wristed white kids. Yeah, they're very, yeah, they're very white, Antifa is. Uh, D'Imperio said his email, quote, was nothing more than a joke as a response to the end of her email about the right and Trump. Oh, so, so, so get this. Her email was so venomous towards Trump and Trump supporters that not only did it prompt D'Imperio to respond to this email, hey, we're going to show up and you know, we'll see you then. But it also prompted the two candidates for town board to pull out of the event. <laughs> so, uh, you know, not for nothing, uh, Senator Marcus, this might be a you problem. This might be a you problem. Uh, the Proud Boys have expressed interest in diving more deeply into local politics. Enrique Tario, so obviously a white supremacist, Enrique Tario. A a Proud Boy leader who is currently in jail for burning a Black Lives Matter flag in Washington, D.C. A what? Somebody's in jail for burning a Black Lives Matter flag? Seriously? How'd that happen? How do you get thrown in jail for burning a BLM flag? Anyway, Enrique told NPR that his goal was to, quote, Start getting more involved in local politics, running our guys for office from local seats, whether it's a simple GOP seat or a city council seat. Okay, well, that sentence leads me to believe he doesn't know anything about running for office, but we shall see what happens. (laughs) We shall see. Um, Meanwhile, it's been a while since we heard uh, from our friend, uh, Reverend William Barber been a while since we uh, got an update on what he's been doing i have some new details i have some new details this from matthew foldy in the washington free beacon freebeacon.com an anti-israel reverend 
who preached at President Joe Biden's inaugural prayer service, is demanding a White House meeting to push the administration to abolish the filibuster. (laughs) There's a lot in that sentence. There's a lot going on in that sentence, right? Anti-Israeli reverend who preached at the president's prayer breakfast um, is demanding a White House meeting now to try to get the president to abolish the filibuster. This is, by the way, right out of Reverend Barber's playbook. This is standard, right? This is standard. It's you create a big scene, raise a big stink, and then demand a meeting with the leader so you can get all the cameras there and you can, you know, make some kind of statement, preferably that rhymes, and uh, then you, um, and then you come out afterwards and you know you attack the person if he's a Republican. Um, why do you think that Joe Biden can abolish the filibuster? You realize that's not the power of the presidency. All right. Wait a minute. Stop. We don't play this song. Stop. This song is by a pedophile. You know that, right? But who did that song? Gary something, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Really, couldn't see that one coming, though, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Just double-check that. I don't want to defame somebody, but... Um, yeah, we might as well confirm that before I go on the radio and say that. Hey, let's go over here to Ryan and uh, just pretend I never said anything. Hello, Ryan. What's going on? Wow, I spit my coffee out of that one. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, I just want to remind you, great show, great show, and thanks for taking my call. Thank you very much. I had forgotten. No, I did. I forgot that this was a great show. So thank you. (laughs) So to Mr. Mr. Derulio's point, um, I wanted to remind you, on on the radio, talking about Antifa. Yeah. And I don't know if you, I don't know if you know Austin Fletcher. Uh, he's known on YouTube as Fleckus. Great, great journalist. Um, pretty funny too. But he did an interview with the venerable Jerry Nadler, head of the House Judiciary Committee from New York. Yeah. Uh, he also sits on the transportation and um, I believe it's the um, infrastructure committee. Well, to be and, fair, uh, Jerry Nadler, he sits on a lot of things. He, he really does. He's, he's very he, he, sittable. He's also, and, and get the snare ready, he's also uh, been voted the um, uh, most similar to a Batman villain. He is. Yeah. That's true. And he uh, is very reminiscent of uh, was it Burgess Meredith? Yeah. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so he said when interviewed by Mister uh, Fletcher that Antifa is just a legend. Right. The, well, the, and that is in line with what Biden said during the debate, where he said Antifa was an idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not I, not actual black clad, you know, black black right. maniacs who set the Pacific Northwest on fire last year. Yeah, right, right. Um, Those were ideas that were trying to burn down the courthouse with uh, uh, with federal employees in it, not insurrectionists. Those right. were and ideas. They, yeah, They didn't set up any autonomous zones or anything like that. Nothing but, like um, that. No, those were just uh, ideas that were putting up the barricades. Yeah. Right. So to Mr. Derulio's point, I can't, you kind of get where he's coming from. Um, one other thing before I let you guys want to mention, Mr. Hector, the, the, the guy that you had mentioned who was a, who was a proud boy who was uh, incarcerated for burning a flag. Um, um, let me see here. I, Enrique Tario is his that's name. Him. Yeah, yeah. Um, the reason that he was 
arrested and incarcerated specifically. I, I personally think he's a political prisoner. But the reason he was arrested is because he, he took that flag from a church. Uh, oh. at, like, you know, it's a, it's a flag that was probably really up just to protect the church from the riot. Right, right. It's the, the smear the of blood. Yeah, it's the, it's exactly. the posting of the indulgence that you purchased. To make sure that the 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 mob passes you by, absolutely, yeah. So they had it. Exactly. So a church had a flag, and he what took it down and then burned it. So that must have been a very expensive flag because I think isn't that one of those areas where you can steal a whole bunch of stuff as long as it isn't valued over a thousand dollars. But if it is, then they might charge you with it. So maybe well, this flag was over a thousand dollars value. Maybe I I would just assume that because it was DC and. You have guys like Jerry Nadler sitting on the Judiciary Committee. That it's it's not due process is isn't a thing afforded to conservatives anymore. It's just you know you you think you think like everybody else thinks, or you're punished. Yeah, it That's does seem kind of weird that Mr. Tario would still be in jail for burning a flag in June. Right. I mean, that's a long time for a flag burning. I mean, you don't even get time for burning an American flag. Wow. Yeah, I mean, look, they that kid who shot his classmate and a teacher in Texas, he's already out of jail. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got uh, bailed out. He's out. Um, and look, I don't know all the details around what happened. I saw a video. Apparently, there was a big brawl right before. So he was getting his, his butt whipped, and uh, then he pulled out the gun and shot the guy that was attacking him. And so I'm not, you know, I don't know all of the details, but... Like if you can, if you could bring a gun to school, pop off a few rounds as you're getting beat up, and uh, and get out of jail within 24 hours. But simply burning somebody else's Black Lives Matter flag in D.C. leads to like months long prison. Like that's there's something out of whack. Something is yeah. out of whack. I used to be um, very active politically even before the military, and um, I actually attended a, a protest in D.C called the Pershing Park protest right before uh, right before the invasion of Iraq. Mm. And um, I only I didn't go there to protest the war. I had already signed up. You know, I was about two weeks from going to MEP. And um, I went there to tell the other protesters, it's a good thing we live in a country that allows us to protest peaceably. So we were arrested uh, <laughs> without cause and without warning. And, I mean, we later, we later sued DCPD and won. But that's that's what we have to deal with, and it's even it's even worse. That was in two thousand two. Right, that so, was infinitely worse. So I have to ask: are, are you now, or have you ever been a proud boy? No, yeah. no, I, I can't. And and I even if I'm sympathetic to their causes, mm-hmm. um, I know enough about security and internet security to know that that's a great way to paint a target on your back. I mean, do you, you think that the current administration and their lackeys are are, are if they get their hands on something like that, won't do things like send federal agents to harass you, audits, all kinds of things. It's disgusting. Well, what's happening, is, what's been happening. Yeah, well, it's one of, the, uh, one of the, the lines I heard about the Klan years ago, which was that the Klan basically exists solely as uh, a way for the FBI to infiltrate hate groups. Like, without, without FBI people getting inside these organizations, they really wouldn't do anything because that's their sole purpose. It's just sort of a, it's a gateway into other types of, uh, uh, to meet other people. Um, it's like we, it's weekend to Bernie. It's like a marionette. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And I wonder how much, like, yeah, I don't know why anybody would affiliate with a group like that. Uh, because like you said, it's, it's, you're automatically painting a target on your back. Unless of course it's of the left, then, 
have at it. You're free to you're free to affiliate, uh, uh, spread messages of hate, uh, coordinate violent attacks and such, and that's all fine. Um, that it, it's it's okay. Yeah, it's just it's a different set of rules. You become a you become a legend, Pete. Yeah, yeah. You become a legend. Well, let's spoken be, about in hushed tones. All right, and well, all let, let, let's be fair. I already am. All right, uh, Ryan. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you that. too. Right, have a good weekend. Uh, <laughs> oh, actually, this gives me an opportunity to read one of the many emails that Dean sent me. Let me see here. I think I mentioned the. Uh, yeah, here it is. I think because did I mention the? I think I mentioned yeah the gun the shooting. And yesterday, remember, I, I don't know why I didn't see these emails yesterday. I think there's something wrong with my syncing of the Outlook account. Anyway, Dean sent me a message. He sent me several yesterday. And um, the subject line is concealed. Come on, Pete. And then the text says, would Clint Eastwood hide his gun? Would Arnold, I'll be back with his gun in his pocket? Why carry? So again, I think Dean is of the left, and I think this passes for sometimes like the left will pre- uh, pretend that they that they can channel somebody from the right, and it's really interesting because you get a window into like the caricature that they have in their mind of who who the people on the right are. So obviously, like I was talking yesterday about, you conceal carry, and if you open carry, you're kind of working at odds with the concealed carry folks. It's not helpful. You're not convincing people, and so he thinks that the whole point of carrying a weapon is to show it around to everybody. That's what the left thinks of the right.